Oh, hi there. Welcome back. It's the HBO Boys, and we're talking about Hot D. Uh, today, it's me, James, the regular hosts, Ryan and Adam, shocked everyone when they eloped. And so while they are enjoying their honeymoon, uh, it's me, and filling in is Spooky Adam. Hi, Adam. Hey, how's it going, James? Uh, happy to be here for some non-spooky content. Uh, I'll continue to be Spooky Adam, I guess. Despite not being in the horror genre, I was deeply disturbed by several things in this episode, uh, which I'm sure we're about to get into. Adam, you're the first time talking about House of the Dragon. Are you liking the show so far? It has exceeded my expectations, which were extremely low. Um, I'm like, okay on it so far. There's been some good episodes and some pretty, pretty boring ones that I kind of just turned off uh, and then went back to and listened to as background noise. So I've said mixed bag. I have not listened to any of your prior content, so I have no idea what your feelings are. I agree with you that it's been a mixed bag. I mean, on balance, I quite like the show. I mean, I'll like anything A Song of Ice and Fire related, but it truly, there have been highs and lows. And I thought that episode nine was the worst episode of the season so far. I thought it was like comparable to season eight of Game of Thrones or the latter seasons of Westworld, just like real dumb and real boring. It was real dumb. It was real boring. And a whole lot of nothing happened, even though it was kind of, you know, like it was supposed to be setting up a lot of momentum. (laughs) And it just sort of felt like, yeah, nothing happened, even though a lot of stuff happened. I was left feeling bored at the end of it, like highly bored. I was very annoyed at the end of the episode, and I gotta say, it's great. I'm I'm loving the vibe on the show. We're gonna trash this episode, and Adam and Ryan are not here to stop us. Yeah, uh, pretty much just gonna throw it in a dumpster and uh, stomp on it and light it on fire. The episode begins kind of strong, I think. We pick up from that morning, King Viserys is dead, Allison's finding out, uh, there's a few servants who seem to have also found out. And they hold a council meeting with the small council, and everybody's on board with this uh, steal the throne for Prince Aegon. Again, last episode ended very stupidly with Allison misinterpreting the nonsense ramblings of a dead man, and now they're fully committed to this, and everyone's on board except for this one extremely ballsy old man. Uh, I think it's Lord Beesbury. He's basically he's the he's the master of coins. So he's the key accountant for the Seventh Kingdom, and he's like, "This is bullshit. I'm not going to be a traitor with all of you." And so Kristen Cole, fucking psycho, bashes his skull in. Yeah, just straight up murders him in front of everybody, and everybody nobody cares. No, they <laughs> don't like even. A, it was talk like a horrible. It. Yeah, it was like a horrible improv scene where like someone makes a move. And everyone else is supposed to react to that and do something, and no one cares. <laughs> Again, I love I, I I love Kristen Cole in House of the Dragon. First of all, they changed him so he's not even Westerosi; he's from Dorne, which at this point in the story, folks, is this it's the Six Kingdoms. There's no Dorne, so it doesn't make sense why he's here in the first place. Uh, so he's this foreign knight who just beats nobles to death, and everyone it, just it, watches. Yeah, nobody cares. <laughs> He's not even especially intimidating or, like, smart or anything. Like, he has absolutely no power, and everybody just lets him do it. <laughs> I, okay. The, okay, I can't, I can't stop myself right now. The, the, the Lord Commander guy straight up tells him 
take off, like take off your cape and like put your sword on the ground, completely ignores it. And then they just forget about needing to do that. And I like that he, he, he smashes the old man's head on that weird marble shit that they've been doing since episode yeah. one, which I think is like doubling down on the marbles as a concept. <laughs> Nobody knows what that is or what they're doing with those, but it, they, they like make sure we highlight that he gets smashed on the marble. Yeah, I, I was like, OK, let's 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 imagine. OK, for a second, I didn't do this when I was going, but I'm going to do it now. Let's imagine for a second that you are also a lord, like a high lord on the most important and powerful council in the, the, the land. And you just watch some rando knight who has absolutely no status beyond being the queen's protector. Uh, because women have a whole lot of clout in uh, Westeros, if you guys didn't know. Um, just like kill someone. Just like kill an extremely important person. I would. Right. It, it's, it's like Kristen Cole. I, I, we have a dungeon. Yeah, I'd, I'd lose my shit. I'd literally piss myself. Yeah, no, you'd be traumatized and shell shocked uh, probably for days if you watched an old man get his head crushed just feet from you. Instead, they're moving right along with the conspiracy. Allison, just like now gaining consciousness, is like, wait a second, you guys have been plotting against Rhaenyra the whole time? <laughs> Okay, they they haven't really portrayed her as like stupid in the past, as far as I can think. Like they they haven't done like outright like this woman is dumb, right? Like she's been like pretty smart, right? She's with it, but yeah, they just literally take her IQ and just dial it down like as far as possible. Um, did the, James you usually know these things? Do you know did, did this episode have a different writer or something? I honestly I should look into that because it it so so this like this council scene. Again, it's this is from the source material, made a little stupider because of the marble thing. In in the in the book, he just slashes the dude's throat, and it's like the war's already started. In this one, he bashes the dude's head, and he's like, "Be nice to Allison." Um, <laughs> Wait, is this is this actually in the book scene? That is was, this in the book? Yeah, the old man dying is in the book. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, but uh, George, uh, the rest of that scene is not. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. I was like, George, there's no way George let me down that hard. I was like, okay, he kills the guy. The, the rest has, there's no way. There's no fucking way. This sets off a agonizing 25 minute sequence of searching for Prince Aegon. He's not in the castle. Where could he be? Everyone's looking. Now Otto Hightower, the hand of the king, he wants to find him first. But Alicent wants to find him actually uh, first as well for some reason the two of them are diametrically opposed this does not really pay off the fact that in, they're both want to get way. to him first <laughs> it's literally completely irrelevant like they um, both they seem to have their priorities pretty aligned so i don't know this was false drama i think it's like she just wanted to like get to the side coach him first right to be like Hey, your uh, your grandpa's gonna tell you that you need to kill this lady, okay? Who is absolutely, definitely a threat to your power, um, and will cause a civil war. You need to not do that because I was friends with her when we were kids. So, <laughs> yeah, Kristen Cole and <laughs> a Prince Amond, the second brother, the little brother who's ten years older than his older brother, has an eye patch and has the longest face in the world. Him and Kristen Cole are one search party. They're the psycho search party. <laughs> then there's like also the these characters who are 
insignificant in the book, but have been up-jumped, and they get so much screen time in this episode. This is uh, the twins on the Kingsguard. Eric and Arik, I guess, is... I don't know. Every time they said either of their names, it just sounded like Eric to me. Wait, were, they in a, were they in a prior episode? Or they knew? They, just they like, were so briefly, one of them was in episode eight, where she's like, okay. hey, Eric. And he's like, I'm not Eric. I'm Eric. <laughs> Okay, all right. It's, I just I had never seen them before. I guess I just wasn't paying attention. So that's the other search party are the Eric twins, and they're both Wouldn't going all over town. They're more or less just going to different whorehouses, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, as you do when you're searching for a prince of the uh, prince of the realm. While this do. is happening, there is a parallel B plot of like everyone being locked up in the Red Keep. So a bunch of dignitaries are locked in and they're forced to bend the knee to Aegon preemptively. And then they also kidnap the princess Rhaenys and they don't let her leave, which leads to an idiotic conversation between Rhaenys and Alicent where Alicent explains, listen, they stole your crown because you're a woman. That was wrong. Help me do the exact same thing to Rhaenyra. To a woman, yeah. <laughs> so that my so that my man, my man, can inherit. Okay. <laughs> it was so it was so unbelievably stupid. I don't know why she thought that 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 particular line of argument would work. Right. Just I just throwing throwing it out, you know, man. Just throwing it out there, like maybe huh, hail mary. <laughs> Or you know, uh, yeah, she was just she was literally hoping for like a natural twenty, <laughs> and then Rhaenys yeah, exactly. is like, you know what, you're right. And Alice is like, holy shit, that worked. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the, we glossed over this whole like forcing the lords to like you know yes. bend the knee and shit. We kind of glossed it. You literally just usurped the kingdom right. and broke all the oaths that you've ever taken. And the, those of them that won't take the oath get locked up in the dungeon and they're like where's lord beesbury surely he should be in the dungeon with us <laughs> yeah he's down there all right he uh he's got great accommodations um yeah but you're like okay guys you know what do you do you guys pro i know that we just broke all of our oaths, okay but do you guys pinky promise that everything's gonna be okay that you'll support us <laughs> i okay i i understand like a lot of game of thrones kind of operates on this whole swearing things but you part of the reason i like the diplomacy in these shows and the politics is because everybody kind of logically does backstab each other right because you can swear up and down but it's not like a magic spell it doesn't actually hold you to anything yeah and nobody fucking cares that's like the entire westeros is based on literally no one caring about their oaths except like the, the like the characters with plot armor um so yeah, it was just like this this whole thing is pointless. Like what's what's the purpose? Like we already know these people are tyrants. What are you trying to like tell me as an audience member? Just or just literally are filling time on like a penultimate episode. That felt bad, man. Eh. Felt bad. So uh, Eric and Eric are searching in disguise and they they're having a conversation and Eric thinks that they should be supporting Allison, but Eric thinks that that is wrong and they should be supporting <laughs> Uh, wait, can you just tell me again? What does Eric think? Uh, well, Eric is the the black supporter, and then Eric is the green one, and so oh, uh, okay. 
we get a horrible scene a absolute dog shit scene the worst scene in the episode where damon's ex-girlfriend who is now has a nickname she's the gray gray worm or some shit yeah is that what she was called the white worm the white worm yeah and she calls a meeting with Otto hightower and she's like i know where your son is and i'll tell you if you close down the child (laughs) fighting rings (laughs) (laughs) it's so fucking delusional it's so fucking delusional the child fighting rings which is a problem we just introduced in this episode five minutes ago (laughs) Guys, we gotta close those down. Do you promise? Do you pinky promise to close those down? So, Otto agree. Okay, I'll do it. I'll close down the child fighting rings and (laughs) you tell me where my son is. So, let me me get this straight. Uh, White white worm, that was your nom de guerre. Okay. I do nothing and you give me everything I want, all right? That's how this. Okay, great. I'm glad we had this scene. So you're saying what? There's there's a ring of child fights, and they happen <laughs> early in the morning on a Sunday. Yeah. What 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 time would these fights be, lady? I <laughs> like the crowd is waking up at dawn to go watch what? child fights. <laughs> and what would the minimum bet be? Would you say? Oh, oh boy, that character oh, is terrible. Her accent—I think she's putting that on. If so, offensive. If it is her real accent, then I apologize. What was it trying to be? I, I remember like a, a vaguely, like almost like like a posh Quebecois. <laughs> I have no idea where she is from. Uh, and again, I have nothing but admiration for people who speak two languages, but. I have I know some famous actors who are second language English speakers like Jackie Chan or Sofia Vergata, and I can understand everything that they say, uh, but not this woman. And again, I don't want to bully her too hard in case this really is how she talks. But yeah, I don't know. She sounds like drunk Gal Gadot in every scene she's in. <laughs> I mean, getting okay. Well, okay. Let's like you know. Uh... It just came. I was watching a behind the scenes of the Hobbit the, uh, the other day. All right, uh, the guy I don't know, he plays the the wizard guy in the Marvel movies. All right, protect me from the Marvel fans. The yes, sorcerer, Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange. That guy got like um, two out, like a couple days of coaching on how to properly speak the black tongue of Mordor, right? For the Hobbit movies, and then like enunciated it clearly. <laughs> well yeah i mean you, know you can get a uh uh a, an acting coach on set yeah <laughs> to tell you I'm how saying. to do the accent you know if anyway. you have i don't know yeah like this well this is like a little indie you know this is like an indie show so right we can't, she, you know, we i think lower expectations she's the worst character in the show and she's probably giving the worst performance like i definitely like i hate Kristen cole more but like she, she just like stops every scene dead and the whole child fighting ring that goes on first thing in the morning, uh, horrible. Yeah, that was some dumb shit. That was some season eight Game of Thrones shit. <laughs> what is okay? Once again, I'm not going to Google this because I don't. I don't want to be on a watch list. But that the child fighting ring. I'm going to say not in George R. R. Martin's original source material. Oh, no, a good guess, Adam. Ding, 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 right on the money. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Most of this episode is filler, <laughs> actually. 
<laughs> yeah. Oof. Oh man. So I get that one right. Uh, in the end, she her information is correct. We assume the child fighting rings are done for, and they find Aegon hiding in the sept of Baelor for you know he doesn't want to be king so he was hiding and he's like well instead of leaving town I'll hide in this very conspicuous place and that'll get me out of this I won't have to be king and his brother basically wrestles him to the ground and forces him to be king and uh okay oh, we should say there's briefly a fight between one of the Eric's and Kristen Cole and the other Eric doesn't jump in because he had just had that disagreement with his brother and so <laughs> Uh, already he's like he's one of the Eric's just like rethinking this yeah just let him get murdered you know I briefly disagreed with my brother so I'll just watch him get murdered by a psycho oh no oh oh wait no sorry I figured it out figured it out he he took one look and he said no that's Kristen Cole right he does what he wants yeah he he kills lords with impunity most people if you slapped a lord your hand gone Kristen Cole yep. kills them in broad daylight <laughs> In front of six other lords. <laughs> We're just okay with that. Oh, I did. I found... Uh, so I don't want to sidetrack us too much here, okay? No, we gotta get through that. Uh, the, sh- the, the accent that they, uh, she's putting on was developed for the show. That is intentional. Fantastic. Yes. Okay. P- beautiful. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that is 100% intentional. But you know what? Uh, I don't think anyone is offended because I don't think anyone sounds like that in reality. No, no human being sounds like that. Uh, if a human being did sound like that, um, I would probably ask them if they needed help uh, and work pretty hard, you know, work a little hard to get them that help. Adam, you brought up the source material. Uh, let me just say this whole searching for Aegon, it's taken up. A, it takes up more a than half the show. Yeah, this is about two sentences in the source material. They're like, and then when they looked for Prince Aegon, he wasn't even in the castle. He had gotten drunk and they found him in the stables. Womp, womp. And that's that's what they adapted into this. With two sentences. <laughs> you know, I kind of, resp- like, from the point of view, how, wait, how many seasons did they say they want to get out of this? It's like four, four or yeah. something, right? From the point of view of being on that writing staff and being told by some executive you need to make four seasons, if it's popular, I respect that hustle. I don't love it as a viewer, but I respect that hustle as a fellow writer. Okay. Uh, I thought it couldn't possibly get any worse. But then <laughs> in uh, a later scene, Alicent is talking to her master of spies, Laris Strong. And he's oh like, my God. There's a, <laughs> there's a lady with a bad accent and she's spying on you, but I can help you. And it's just like, so what? All that lady wanted was to shut down the child yeah. fighting rings, and they, she got that. I think she's good. <laughs> I want case. you to know, James, before you go on, before you yeah. go on, I want you to know that revisiting this scene for me is going to be extremely, like, literally painful. I, oh, yeah, I this is traumatic. Yeah. I suppressed this. this <laughs> the second half of the scene was over. I suppressed <laughs> this in my mind. I said, that didn't happen. Th- I made that up. To the point where, you know, if I was like a little kid and I went to school tomorrow, I'd probably doodle it in a piece of paper. And my, <laughs> my teacher would be like, oh, shit, this kid really needs to go to the psychologist. Or it's like you're looking at the teacher and listening to the lecture while you're free sketching with your right hand and you draw the scene. <laughs> oh, God. And me just like fucking peeling my eyes out. Holy shit. All right. Enough stalling. Get to it. 
fuck. He gives Allison this all-important information about the bad accent woman and her evil deeds. <laughs> and in return, uh, she first of all, she's like taking her socks off, and there's a close-up of that. And I'm like, well, this clearly the director is just some perverted Quentin Tarantino type, just slipping that in there for no reason. It looks like she had like a tattoo on her leg, but it was part of her socks, I think. It was like this weird tattoo, and I was like, oh, okay, they're going somewhere with this. This isn't this isn't what I think it's going to be, right? It's not this fucked up, right? I, she, I had a brief glimmer yeah. of hope. She then presents her dainty, pale, uh, smooth feet on like a fancy oh, pillow. Stop it. Fuck, <laughs> you're making this worse, you piece of shit. And then, and I could not believe this. They pan over with her feet in the frame, <laughs> and the actor who plays Laura Strong agreed to like put his hands in his frock and start beating it. And I was, I, I literally out loud, I was like, no, no, exactly. I was like, oh god, wait, this okay? I it call me wrong. I'm not a Game of Thrones historian. All right, I know the basics. I barely pay attention. This guy is like the the bald guy. In regular Game of Thrones in the future, right? Who has all like the child spies? Yes, the master of spies, the master like, the, of whispers, or whatever. And yeah, yeah like, the guy Very that lazy I actually naming like, conventions. Vaguely, yeah, I like vaguely like him and respect mm. him in like future Game of Thrones. That's fucking out the window. If this is canon, like, right? Now nah, well, so that guy is Varys, and this guy is Loris. Loris Strong, no oh. relation. And wait, and, what? Yeah, they're not related. Don't worry about it. It's just lazy naming. Damn it. Oh, wait, but they even portray them like somewhat weirdly like similarly. In oh, yeah, head. they sure do. They sure do. And he's like the bumblebee man and Varus is the spider, right? Okay. Yeah. All right. So good. Thank you for setting me straight on that. Thank you for saving the character in the other show for me. Adam, if you had to guess, do you think that George R. R. Martin wrote the foot fetish jerk off scene in the source material? Or do you think that that's show original? <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't tell, man, because George R. R. Martin, actually, you know, I always thought it's going to be a lot weirder as a human being, and I watched a bunch of interviews, and then I was like, okay, like, I know this guy's tight, but, like, not, not that weird, all things considered, that I'm aware of. Uh, you know, I'm going to go with didn't write the foot fetish jerk off scene. No, that is show original. Yeah, good work. And... Oh, thank you. Oh, again, I got it. <laughs> Fuck yeah. This was so disturbing. There's no implied romance between these no. two characters in the show so far. Uh, I don't think anybody saw this shit coming. And Can't you just be like uh, Kristen Cole? <laughs> this guy's not no, telling me about the yes. bad lady. Kristen Cole, like, please, if you're going to bash anyone's skull in, just solve this problem for me real quick. <laughs> yeah, or like just make him tell me about the bad lady, right? Like this guy's, he's like a little I think if you if you told Kristen Cole to interrogate someone, he would just like immediately snap their neck. <laughs> Most likely, Kristen Cole would be like, "My my lady, what what seems to be the problem with this man?" Well, in, in exchange for information, he he makes me take off my feet and jerks. <laughs> right. Kristen Cole's like, "Oh, so you're down with that, my lady? Because I kind of like it too." So, you everyone will recall, there's a green team Eric and a black team Eric. And so, 
when they were searching for Aegon, they were dressed up as beggars in disguise. But now, Black Team Eric decides he's going to save Princess Rhaenys. He puts her in a disguise, and then he goes out of his way to dress up in his full Kingsguard regalia, his silver armor with the white coat. And uh, yeah, I just thought that was really wacky that he changed from his incognito costume into that to incognito take Rhaenys away. Very funny. Did not yeah I I was very I was genuinely extremely confused at that point. Uh, oh yeah, after the foot fetish scene, it's hard to follow anything. I gen, <laughs> generally my mind was like fifty percent using you know like my mental energy to suppress that uh, and bury it bury it deep within my subconscious. Um, but no, I, I was it was noticeably like wait what the fuck. Right. I, yeah. Well, I think we're all going to need time to grieve after that scene. <laughs> the episode's nearly over at this point. Rhaenys and uh, Eric get separated in the crowd. She ends up at the coronation ceremony. Again, a small thing. Maybe this is a nitpick, but I thought it was really stupid. It's like, why is Kristen Cole crowning the king when the fucking pope is literally right there? <laughs> <laughs> why, why isn't he why? crowning him? I assume that they like made him captain of the the, the king's guard or something. <laughs> right. It's just, it still doesn't make any fucking sense. It's like he's just a guard. He's just a glorified guard. Like, well, that's actually this is a historical reference because when they created the Holy Roman Empire, actually Constantine was not crowned by the pope. It was actually it was a uh, uh, a Turkish knight who for some reason was serving. Uh, uh, in the Roman Empire, and he crowned Constantine, but first he beat a French nobleman to death. Sir Psychopath the Turk. Right. (laughs) And they're like, why is this knight here? Is he even part of this kingdom? Do you know this guy? I don't know that guy. Oh, yes, my lord. He's he's the one who beat Beasley to death yesterday. Right. So Kristen Cole, imbued with the authority to, to be a kingmaker, crowns Aegon in an extremely goofy and fucked up ending <laughs> Rhaenys ru- flies into the sept of Baelor wait 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 does she fly in I thought she no she straight up comes through the fucking she floor she crashes right? in yeah, well, she, I think she slams from above oh I thought she went from the floor certainly she killed dozens of peasants who cares about that? I mean, <laughs> we don't care about lords getting murdered at the table, okay? So she crushes probably like 50 peasants as she goes over to the dais. And then her dragon very impotently just shrieks at the green team. And instead of just burning them all right then and there and sparing the nation in immense civil war... Rhaenys is like, I'll just spook them good, and then they'll know how serious I am. And she flies <laughs> off. Again, how many people died so that she could do that completely pointless display of, of strength? My question about that is just straight up, like, why would the writing team do do it? Like, wh- wh- why? What? What? In that moment, she's making a fool of herself, especially, and you don't know what's going to happen to the story, but I do, and I know what happens at the end of her story arc, and it's just like, of course, this is not from the source material, this is uh, ridiculous, 
and and I, I to me she just looks like an idiot she's like haha see aren't you scared and then prince daemon is like yeah i'm we're all still alive and i have a dragon that's four times the size of yours so i'm cool <laughs> man um okay clarification she does come through the floor okay all right I think I because the dragon pit is like underneath, right? It's like underneath the keep or something. I don't know. You, you know more about that than me. I just remember it was like the, the dragon pit is actually very far from the sept of Baylor. So I don't know how <laughs> she fucking negotiated that shit. And then also that I, I just assume if she came in through the floor of the Great Sept based on the level of technology they have, that is going to be decades to repair that shit. <laughs> <laughs> probably okay yeah, i didn't know where they were i thought they were like in the keep or something but you're right they're they're like in the big church right yes okay yeah okay so is there any reason like from a plot point of view why this happens because i was left I mystified. Mean, yeah, go ahead and try to explain her motivations for doing this man in my mind it's just like see how scary i, I could be i have no idea I would, but the rest of the time like i mean this lady is kind of like a little bit like action oriented, like a little kind of trying, like, and then she's just like, ah, I'm just gonna fly off. Why not just have your dragon eat one of them, any what? of them, all of them? But the, I thought she was gonna do the thing because it's always the thing they do, right? They say Dracarys, right? And everybody dies, right? And I was like, okay, just do that. Problem solved. I mean, she sure is gonna wish she had done that very soon. <laughs> oh, I, I like it this actress now annoys me because of the way the writers have portrayed her not due to her performance which i'm also not terribly impressed with so again like this episode absolute trash the searching for Aegon shit and the child fighting pit and the white worm unwatchable terrible uh and then they cap that off with the foot fetish scene which was extremely <laughs> traumatizing <laughs> It was so fucked. Uh, I uh, I wish I could I could put it in more words, but I just can't. I just can't. The, the and then the the rainous ending, which lands like a fucking pancake, man. Like just just lame. It, yeah, it makes no sense. Like I, you're supposed to be building the hype, right? For the for the season finale. This is like the opener, right? Where you're supposed to be like, you want all eyes on that season finale, like going crazy. This is like if you had a concert, right? Like you're you're the people, you're like the, you know, the the top of the bill and your opening band comes out, like tunes up their instruments, like plays for five seconds and then just starts jerking into foot fetish yeah, in the middle of the stage. I just want to say, and spoilers for Game of Thrones, guys, but season one, episode nine is the episode where Ned has his head chopped off. Season two, episode nine is the Battle of the Blackwater. Season three, episode nine is the Red Wedding. Hot D, season one, episode nine is looking <laughs> around for Aegon. It's the foot fetish episode, like which was its own kind of Red Wedding, I guess. <laughs> for me, maybe fuck. Uh, yeah, this this episode, hundred like um, jokes aside for just a second. Um, this show has been otherwise like pretty solid. I haven't yes, been blown away. Yes, like we said, yes. mixed bag. This is making me think, oh, unless like multiple people are losing their jobs over this episode, I think that they may have been getting lucky so far. Um, like really lucky. This episode so far was the biggest departure from the source material in terms of like how much time they spent on filler. 
And mm-hmm. I think that it's just the season seven semen season eight, really Game of Thrones season five and on syndrome of like, oh, there's no book to draw on for this part. Maybe we can do something just as good. And uh, no, apparently not. No, but that's the problem is like they're naturally going to run into I, I can almost guarantee they're going to run into the issue that moving forward where they're just going to need more and more and more filler. Um I think it's like in, I imagine in, so, yes, because they said four seasons and like yeah. the war is going to kick like has basically kicked off and the rest of the book is just like nonstop war, 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 war until the end of the story. So if, it's, if four seasons is going to probably have to necessitate a good deal of filler, we're going to have a lot of white worm scenes, child fighting ring scenes in the future or just like really, really poorly shot in like extremely small scope fighting um just to like keep the budget anywhere near in line um yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be nutty uh yeah i do not have um high expectations i think they'll probably pull it out for this season and and try to like blow us away with like a really incredible like season finale um kicking off the action and then the war but i don't have a lot of hope I was like pretty like, oh, OK, you know, they could they could do this like, you know, uh, trying to fill the shoes of the first few seasons of Game of Thrones. Pretty hard, pretty hard. I can't expect that from them, uh, but I thought they did an admirable job. And now I kind of think that it's just kind of a pile of dog shit. Yeah, well, I hope I really hope they do pull it out. I hope they pull it out like Larry Strong at a Foot Locker. <laughs> oh, God. He fucking piece of shit. I just, I can't get over the child fighting pits. I'm Steve Mahanahan. Come on down to my child gladiator shop. You're going to love my gladiators. Yeah, like, I understand that, like, this is a brutal time and, like, people's lives are, like, very worthless in their own eyes and, like, shit like that. But, um, okay. Oh, we didn't mention the detail, right? Not only, not only. Is Aegon apparently coming down to view these child <laughs> to, to bet on the He's child apparently fights. he's apparently also fucking in this venue as well. <laughs> oh yeah, he's got uh, some of his own kids <laughs> in the ring. Yeah, they, they pan over to a, a the silver haired child who's like up next. Right, and he's like Aegon's placing his bed. He's looking at the kid who's like obviously his illegitimate child. He's looking at the competition. He's thinking back to his own life. He's like, when I was nine, could I have taken that kid? Probably not. I'm gonna vet against my kid. <laughs> oh God! Oh, then he just like walks over. And he's like, look, I'm almost out of money, okay, but I'm gonna be the king someday. But I'm gonna need you to throw this fight right now. I'm your dad, by the way. That was uh, season one, episode nine. Uh, thanks. It was called the Green Council. Can we take a second? I actually want to take a second to to give ourselves a, a pat on the back for being what I would consider to be fair, balanced. Oh yeah, yeah. I not think so. bombastic about this at all. Like not. I'm not not trying to make a joke. It's not irony. Like, I think that if anything, we were extremely chill about how much of a pile of absolute vomit this episode of any television show would be. Well, and thank you uh, for having to put yourself through the psychic trauma of revisiting it 
Adam, and thank you for coming on the show. Uh, and I hope to have you back real soon. Thank you. You're uh, you're very welcome for my psychic trauma. That's it, folks. We'll be back next week, the regular guys, to talk about episode 10. How many foot fetish jerk-off scenes will they fit into episode 10? You will have to tune in to find out.